0: If you look around yourself and around society today, you see there's so many people that are just running around screaming that they're a victim. This perceived virtues of a victim, what are they? And why do victims just not get any type of respect? We're going to be talking about that this week on relaxed (music) mail. Hey, man. Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. All right. So this week, we're going to be talking about perceived virtues of victims and why are they perceived this way and what's wrong with these different perceptions. Um, But before we actually start into that, if you are new to the show, man, I want to thank you so much for actually taking the time to listen. It uh, does me good to think there are people who are gaining some type of value from these podcasts. I try to put one out every week and uh, so far, been doing good. We're, a little stagnant in the uh, in the growth area, but if you end up uh, liking the show, you do me great, uh, do all of us great. If you were to actually just take the uh, take the time to uh, share this podcast out with your friends, family, and on your socials, all that it would just that way, let people know that hey, there's this podcast out here called the Relaxed Male, and it helps guys to become the men that they want, they knows hiding out inside of them. And to live a life in a, in a confident fashion and to live life on their terms. So this week, we want to talk about victims. Uh, if you know anything about me, if you've listened to any of my other podcasts about victims, uh, if you've read any of my blog posts about victims, you know, I give, I don't give victims much uh, slack because victims, honestly, as a base, they don't get any respect. They don't earn any respect. Uh, they are users and These are the people who are just, you know, they just don't, they want everybody to feel sorry for them and to give them things. And that's just not beneficial. I did a podcast a while back called, Are You a Consumer or a Producer? Victims fall into the consumer category. They are always having something. There's someone who's, they are attracted to the, the, Rush of, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in danger. I need help or something to that effect. They're always running in a reactive state and that doesn't work out for because you've got that friend who comes and rescues them each and every time. But eventually that friend gets really tired of rescuing them for all, for all their many different reasons, whether it's they've got, uh, perceived, they're perceiving that they have lost all their money and that they are, not going to be They're fixing to get kicked out of the out of their apartment but you know if you really sat back and looked at them you know you go but wait a minute you were just at the casino four days ago and you what money did you use at the casino you start looking and their stories as to why their life is is in the state of chaos that it's in starts to fall apart and you start to really start seeing who who and why the uh the victim's uh, friends status always fades out and people come in and then they are there for a little while and then they leave. Now in today's society, sadly victims are being lauded. They are being held up uh, to the light saying that they are being heroes for being a mooch on society is a way to, to look at it. Now I know some people are probably going to think that was really harsh and mean. And okay, you can think that all you want to me. They. That's what they are. They are not doing anything productive. They are trying to come up with as many different forms of panic that they can to get people to manipulate people into feeling sorry for themselves. That's not a mean. That's not a recipe for respect. That is not a recipe for being able to get yourself out of whatever the hole is. Um, most victims are swamped with a scarcity mindset, a fixed mindset, and they're not. A, they don't ever grow mentally or or uh emotionally so you look at today's i mean they've got people you know people running around they're claiming they're victims of hate they're victims of oppression victims of capitalism and you know you look at it and they're wearing nike tennis shoes carrying around an apple iphone driving around in an escalade but yet they are the victims of, of of uh of capitalism you, they're the victims of those corporate uh, capitalistic corporations they're victims of slavery. We haven't had slavery in you know damn near two hundred years but yet somehow they're still a victim of slavery um even had people who claim that they're victims of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches of all things and yes there is an actual link to that story uh in the show notes if you actually want to read about how a a portland school is <clears throat> was actually a uh, uh, trying to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a, a racist thing. So, yeah, it, these days anything can be used as a weapon to go, Oh my gosh, I am so victimized. Look at the woke culture. I mean, this, they, they're, they pride themselves on being victims of whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, you didn't look at me, you didn't say hi. Feminism and, and is, is a, a mode of victimization. They're, Trying to say, you know, like, women don't make uh, as much money as what men do. But when you actually look at the the true numbers, they actually make a little bit more. We need to have more women in school. Well, there are more women and more girls in schools now than there are guys. There's a lot of where the absurdity of... Of all these people celebrating being victimized. They, you know, they say something and then they have somebody disagree with them. No, they're being, they're, they're people of hate. And, you know, and they, uh, and all their little woke buddies come running around and start hugging on them, going, it's okay, it's okay. And uh, and patting them on the back and the shoulder saying, you're a good person. Yes, you are. And you are talking to just a bad man. And it's all this absurdity, absurdity just is, is off the charts uh, and it can be honestly, and it's horrifying if you actually look at it just for, for the sole fact that they're picking this up from our schools. Now I am not a fan of the government, uh, government schools though. I know teachers uh, and most teachers are not like what the government schools want to teach. The schools these days want to teach victimhood. They want to teach things like, you know, uh, critical race theory and things like that. And it's just, they're building more victims uh, to, to look to, to whatever, to whatever reason. Honestly, I don't know why people think that victims are such a great and wonderful thing because they're not, they are the quintessential kind of losers of society. Now, when I say a victim, there are, you can actually look at two different things. You've got, the real victim, all right, these are the people who were just didn't, you know, just got a bad uh, look of the draw. They came down with some type of inoperable brain tumor, cancer or bone cancer uh, that the child, the baby who was um, who was born into a into an abusive family. There are true victims out there, and those people we should be, definitely be out, definitely helping, definitely making sure we help them in, in any way, form, shape, form or fashion or another. Others are what I call perceived victims. They're not. They're these are the victims of their own design. They are. They made themselves a victim. They made. You've had those people who are just. No matter what happens, there's always some type of crisis. They've got their hair. There's some type of fire that needs to be put out and they're always coming to you. Dude, I, I don't I'm five dollars short on this. And it's like, well, what did you I gave you some money last week. Yeah. Well, I had to use it for gas. It's like, it wasn't for gas. It was for those, you know, for your electricity, man. And, or I don't have enough money for diapers. It's like, well, again, what'd you do with it? They, a lot of times people will. Set themselves up for those different failures, and then when they become, uh, when that failure happens, it's somebody else's fault. You've known somebody at work who never takes responsibility for whatever is going on. Maybe they sat there and bossed a whole bunch of people around, and those people got fed up and they left. And all of a sudden, it's everybody else's fault that they uh, got up and left, and it was and uh it was unprofessional that they did that, and they should have never. We get that, and you hear this all the time you know, in politics, where people are pointing fingers at somebody else, saying it's their fault, and their fault, and their fault, and their fault, and yeah, I know, I just got finished pointing my fingers at some d- really dumb people. But again, I I realize what I uh, what I'm doing. I realize how what what it is I'm uh, I'm saying, and it's it's really sad <laughs> to uh, to see how many uh, how many. People are actually falling into the trap of a perceived victim. Now, a victim is a person who voluntarily gives up their personal power or to another person or a thing. All right. How many times have you said gotten really pissed off at, say, um, your car because it, you were needing, you were needing to get to work on time and the battery is dead. Well, whose fault is that actually? Was it, is it the fact that the battery, uh, you left the headlights on? or maybe even a, this is a bad cell and you knew it was kind of starting to act a little like really didn't want to start And when the temperature's kind of cooled off, you go to start it and it would just kind of, and it would take off. You know, okay, okay. I got a few more cranks out of it until one day you go, you know, the lights are off, you know, everything was turned off, but yet you're, the battery is dead whose fault is that? Is that the batteries or is it actually yours? Because you didn't actually change, get the car battery swapped out when you were able to, when, before you had this need to get to work on time. How many times have you tried going to, uh, needed to go someplace and you left, you know, you looked at the, looked at the map, you pulled up Google maps and it said, Hey, you need to leave in uh, be, uh, leave at uh, this amount of time and you look at it and you, all right, well, I'm, I can leave then. It's only 25 minutes to work. So you hop in the car and, and you get into a, uh, into a, uh, into a traffic jam or maybe you need to be somewhere and you get, uh, you end up being late because you got bad, uh, wrong directions, bad directions. Whose fault is that? The person who gave you the directions or the fact that you left too late to actually correct yourself for the directions? You see, everybody plays a part. Even if you're going through a divorce and you're going, I didn't do anything, man. I, I don't know. My wife has just always been complaining and, and no matter what I do, I try to, I, I do the dishes. I do the, the clothes. I clean the bathroom. I, you know, I do all this stuff for her and she just gets mad and leaves. Well, okay. That may sound like you know you're uh, an innocent victim, but in all reality, you may not be as much of a victim as you want to think you are. You could actually be the, fa- the fact that you were doing everything and babying her and being a caretaker and being the what's called a nice guy. I've talked about nice guys in the past. Nice guys actually will sabotage that that relationship. A lot of times, if you were to you, you're not giving the, your wife the chance to be able to live her life and to be able to make the decisions. You're busy controlling everything, so that could be just the fact that of what what it was. If you're going in and you're helping her with the dishes, that's one thing. But if you're going through and you're putting a whole bunch of extra pressure on her because you have a, co- a covert contract that if you do all this stuff, she's going to give you a handy later on, or she's going to she's going to do other some other type of, of sexual act for you. No, that type of pressure, she's going to smell that that covert contract. She may not be able to recognize exactly what it is, but she's going to know that dude's up for something. He's going he's to do something and it's, you know, and no, I'm not going to do it. And so women will get tired of, of those covert contracts and eventually leave. So whose fault is it? Is it the fact that the wife got fed up with the relationship and the closed off emotions or was it the, because you were being a controlling nice guy and you didn't and you wouldn't allow her to experience life on her own terms? This is a big, big thing. This is a big problem that happens a lot of times. Now, victimhood, we all, we all face victimhood. All right. We all gain a victim mindset from time to time. It is such an easy, comfortable bed to lay in. You can easily just go, oh, I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't find my keys. Well, whose fault was it? Couldn't find the keys. Well, it could have been yours, could have been the kids run off with it. But again, if the kids ran off with it, whose fault is it? It's again, it bends back to you. You can look at it and see, yeah, well, I left them sitting down on the on the coffee table and my three-year-old must've flushed them down the toilet. You know, there's things out there, you know what you need to do and how to prevent stuff from happening, but yet we don't. And when something unexpected happens, we want to fall onto that victim, victim mindset. I've done that many times. I've, you know, I I did a, some some major damage to the underside of a truck once because I was backing into a uh, into a place and I'd seen a bunch of other tracks on the uh, uh, on the grass and thought, okay, well this is good, I can back against across uh, this. Well, no, first off, we had just got a whole crap ton of snow, so the water the ground was sodden and it was not packed down completely. So I went off and I. Dropped a wheel into uh, into a bunch of really soft dirt, sunk up to my axle. Whack! Uh, the edge of the curb uh, shattered the uh, oil pan, made a big old monstrous mess. And come to find out, you know, it's about it's, it's about eight, nine, ten, twelve thousand dollars of repair. Later, you know, the truck was back together, and the the the. Uh, landscaping that I tore up has been repaired. And, you know, there's whose fault was it? Well, it's mine. I'm the dummy who went off. I was in control of the steering wheel. I am. It's my fault. I said I made a bad judgment. That was my doings. It's not the previous trucks that backed across there and was able to do it just fine. It's mine because at that very moment, if I had stepped on the uh, on the the uh, the grass, I probably would have noticed that it was really really squishy. So it's. We all do. We all fall into these into these victims mindsets. Whether it is for something easy, something very easy to fall back on, or if it's something you know, it's like no one would notice. You know, I, I could I could always blame it on on Russell. He, he's he's always screwing shit up. You know, we can we can do that type of stuff. But again, is that something to fall back on? That victim mindset is makes you to be, you know, become a very unlikable person with that type of, with that comfort and, and yeah, being a victim can be very comfortable. You look at anybody who is, there's a good example of it. Uh, people throw a fit about, uh, nowadays they throw a a fit about something called gentrification. What gentrification is, is when you have a bunch of white people moving to a black neighborhood and all of a sudden the price, the property rates rise. Well, they want to try to blame the white people for the fact that they made the the neighborhood nicer. And it's not that black people can't have nice neighborhoods. There's a lot of them that really do. But when you go into a very poor, run-down neighborhood, and there's been talks of this happening before, where uh, you have people who, not just, you know, not just People of color, but you take anybody who is who is of poverty level, and you move them into a house that is in an upper middle class uh, uh, neighborhood. Say they some type of special uh, Section Eight housing comes up and is available in this uh, in this upper middle class neighborhood. Well, at first they show up; they're, they're really impressed. They re- they kind of are in awe of the whole. Oh my gosh, this is such a nice area. This is a beautiful neighborhood, great schools and all this. Well, what happened normally happens is they bring the, the ghetto area, the poor side of, uh, the poor side of town over with them. They don't leave that behind because they are still, they still have a mindset of being broke, that it's not their fault that they don't have any money. They don't have the, 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 the thoughts of, how to address higher levels of money, and because of because of that fact, a lot of times they uh they realize, oh I, well I can this is really nice. I've got more bedrooms than what we're used to having now each kid has a room, so actually I could move all the kids into one room and let's move our cousin he's he lived next door to us him and his four kids, and we'll move them all into one room and put my my cousin in another room, and all of a sudden you, the, the house. The value of that house starts to go down because they start doing things that cause you know cause the property value to drop because people aren't used to being that level. This is called an upper limit. Uh, Gay Hendricks from uh, The Big Leap actually talks about how people will find themselves in this upper limit, and a lot of times people will play the victim so that they can get themselves back under that under a their their internal uh, comfort meter. So you bring, all of a sudden you bring people in to a, to an upper middle class neighborhood. That na- upper class, middle class neighborhood's value starts to go down to where it's just middle class and then it's lower middle class and then it's just at the same level as the other side, all of a sudden the poor side of town has moved over onto the nice side of town. And so what happens is the nice side of town, people move over and they start flipping the houses and those old, those houses that were over in the bad part of town, suddenly their values start to go up and they become, they become the upper middle class area. Why? Well, because people took care they have a different mindset and they will carry that mindset with them. So, When you you can take a poor a poor person out of a poor side of the of the neighborhood, but if they are too comfortable being poor, they will stay in that poor area. And yes, poor people stay poor because they're comfortable. I know there's going to be people who complain about that and say that I'm being horribly judgmental on that. And no, it's not being judgmental. It's being truthful. It's you bring a person, anybody who brings suddenly gets inundated with a lot of money takes them no time at all blow that money so they can get back down into their the area where they're comfortable because all of a sudden if you have more money than what you're used to, you become very uncomfortable with that because all your friends and family are coming over and they're begging asking for money. They're they've got this new uh, they got this great job and business idea and all they need is just a couple hundred thousand dollars to really get it up and going. And before they know it, that money's gone. Their friends are gone, Their family's spread out and they have more debt than what they started out with. And that is because of that upper limit challenge. Now, one of the great things, <laughs> at least in a, in a victim's mind, that they're able to use the the victim mindset for is the fact that they're able to drown out any type of worries. Yeah, they still are worried. They're, they still have that that. Um, that sensation of worry. They still have the suffering that comes along with worrying about stuff. What's going to happen next month, you know, all that. But for the time being their their, their worry is slightly sedated when they're able to find someone who can help them with whatever the problem is. Now I'm one who likes to help, uh, Whenever I'm going into Oklahoma City if, uh, on the end of the week, whenever I pull in, if I see someone on on like a street corner or something that's got the sign up says uh, anything will help, well then okay, I'll help them out. I'll get i'll I'll reach back in my refrigerator uh, in the truck and I'll actually grab you know maybe some uh, some sausages that I may have had or a, a meal that I never got around to actually eating, and I'll go ahead and I'll give it to them, and that's how I'll help them out now. So I, I alleviate their worry some on the food and on all reality, I think they probably receive enough money and other food that they probably take that and they're able to share it out. That is to a point that is, I'm, I'm perpetuating, I'm taking that guy's worry away for a little bit. If he, if he wasn't getting anything to uh, anybody to, to bite while he was sitting there for the hour or, or 15, 20 minutes or however long it is that he's standing on that, on that street corner, I've at least relieved, I've relieved his worry of food for a little while, but he's still going to have that worry. The following day, he's going to need to eat again, so he's going to have that perpetual worry. Well, if I, if I was able to actually. Really help him. It would be to get him out of the mindset of being the victim of being able to take care of himself and to stand on his own two feet because right now he's depending upon other people. Those types of that type of victimhood, that type of and the poor again it being an example of they're not willing to get out of that comfort zone out of their comfort zone and get into the uncomfortable area of growth because they um, are not willing to Get out of that comfort zone. They're not going to. They're not willing to even ta- do what. The, another issue with victims being that they don't get the. They don't have to worry about responsibility. So yeah, they've got the. They didn't have to take up the responsibility of trying to find the food themselves. They had people who came by, like me, and hand them food. But they're not having to take the responsibility of going out and working and doing the making an effort to actually do earn the money needed to be able to buy food the money, to earn the money needed to buy, to rent a house or an apartment or something like that. There's a lot of responsibility that a victim honestly can give up. They don't have to sweat it anymore. They don't have to worry about anything anymore because somebody else is taking care of the problem oh the government's taking care of it oh the uh, the state's taking care of it oh these nice people who drive past me on a, on a uh, on a corner they're taking care of it i had uh, i i'm making uh say 13 dollars an hour and i've got four kids <laughs> okay government again is taking care of it and um, you're and that you know, having four kids is not a man or woman thing it's it It's, you know, either one, even poor, even a a married couple who only one's working, the other one's staying home, trying to take care of the kids. You know, okay, the guy may need to find some way of being able to up his, his income, doing something that he's not really going to be comfortable in doing. But he, again, a lot of times people who are playing the victim, doesn't take, they don't take responsibility for any of their actions, anything that they are wanting, needing, anything that actually is their, their cause. They're not going to take that responsibility. They deflect. They've almost got this responsibility deflector shield up, you know, and so any type of uh, problem that comes their way, they would deflect the, the responsibility out to other people. So, and uh, responsibility requires you to get a little bit uncomfortable. Sorry, but you're, you do. If you, even if you are, a a new parent, you're going to have you all of a sudden you've got the responsibility of this brand new baby. Uh, that is a lot of discomfort that, especially that first six months until until kiddo figures out, hey, I can sleep all night and be up all day and ta- and harass mom that way. There are a lot of responsibilities that are needed, but those responsibilities are allow you to gain so much um, self worth that when you deflect that that responsibility, your sense of worth drops tremendously. So if, if you want to be able to feel like you're worth making $100,000 a year, your responsibility is going to go up to that level of what you perceive $100,000 a year type of person is going to be. And some people really start to struggle and, and and strain under that type of responsibility. All of a sudden, they're like going, oh, I've got to give up all my friends and family and and, and things I want to do in my freedom because I have all this responsibility. And in all reality, no, that's not fully the case. So when it comes to, to victims, that's yeah. That all sounds really nice and grand and stuff, except for the fact that they don't have any, you don't, you get to ditch responsibility. You don't, uh, you don't have as much worry. You you're comfortable in, in your situation. And, uh, you get immediate acknowledgement. That's another one where because people all of a sudden they're paying attention to you. You know, you, I just uh, I just lost my purse. Well, it was sitting right here in the basket, and I went down to the end of the end of the aisle to uh, to get some stuff, and someone stole my purse. Well, okay, if ma'am, I, said, I why did you leave your purse behind? You know, there's those questions. But even though you're asking them, you're all of a sudden they've made themselves the center of your world and everybody who's focused in on them, they're all of a sudden the center. So there's immediate acknowledgement. Uh, and the fact that just being a victim, being a victim doesn't take much, uh, much skill at all. So why is being a victim bad other than for those very reasons that I was stating that were kind of you know, actually can be seen by a-, a victim as good. The biggest one being they don't grow. But also, because it's the victim mindset is such a means of state of panic, okay, state of panic, okay, and it burns up a lot of energy, and not just for the for the victim itself, but the people who are having to come to rescue, they're actually burning up more energy because. A victim mindset is a form of manipulation. You're trying to get everybody else to do stuff for you so you can stay comfortable so you don't have to deal with responsibilities. And a lot of this can be seen, um, there's, and I've tried looking for it and I cannot find it, but I heard somewhere that there is a cycle in charity giving. And what it, and it's usually on a, uh, every, like, Every so often, uh, I forget exactly how many years this cycle is, but the the cycle starts out and I want to say it was through Tom's shoes, but again, I don't have that information in front of me. I wasn't able to find it. Um, but there was a, there's an instance where when you start giving people charitable gifts, say like for example, exist. Example, (laughs) I can't say the word. For example, they um, Tom shoes. You know, when you buy a pair, they give a pair to the poor. Well, what ends up happening is, uh, at first, the poor people who receive brand new shoes, they're really grateful. There's a lot of gratitude involved in that, and as they keep each year, they come back and they get a new pair of shoes. They're really grateful for the that for the first two three years, but then after that, all of a sudden, there's a shift in there. And so when you're giving people something free without earning it, eventually it becomes they start to think that it's an entitlement. And all of a sudden, say the tenth year comes along, maybe that's the cycle number. It might only be six. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. But you, the person, eventually. Starts coming up and will g- start getting mad if you don't give them the right type of shoes. Well, I, 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 I these shoes always hurt my feet. They start complaining about that gift. And, and that's because they've lost that sense of gratitude. Being a victim, you have no gratitude. You're not grateful for anything. Yeah, you may be grateful in the instance, but it's a very, very short-lived gra- uh, sense of gratitude that somebody actually came, swooped in, saved your tail end from your own st- dumb mistake. And yes, being a victim means you did something stupid um and careless. And we all do it. It's... There's nothing wrong with beating. Now, there's nothing wrong with beating yourself up over it as long as you're not, you know, damning yourself for it. Uh, cause I've done it many times where I went to the store, grabbed 20 bucks, stuck it in my pocket, got to the store to go buy something, and the 20 bucks was gone. Wasn't in the car, wasn't, uh, looked along the, where I walked past, wasn't there, walked, uh, where, made it back to the house, looked, scoured all through there. It fell out of the pocket for somewhere, someplace, somehow, and poof, voila, it's gone. It's never to be seen again. And that might have been my last twenty bucks until next payday. And that was might have still been, you know, a week and a half away. There was a time where, yeah, we would go get everything we needed for the uh, for the pay period, and we'd have it all used up. And okay, we've still got you know a week and a half before we can even. Uh, look at uh, trying to buy more groceries or something. So this charitable cycle, uh, though it's done out of people's, uh, the kindness of people and to help other people, a lot of times that helping uh, a victim causes that victim to become very resentful that they're not getting what they absolutely want or what they think they need and what they are believe that they're entitled. Look at people who are on food stamps. Uh, you try to... They get posed with the question of, do I go to work or do I start this new job that's going to be paying me more? Or do I stay in the low area because I still get I still get plenty of, of food? That's, that is that is a very big question, a very big uh, problem that uh, people on food stamps actually get. I know we face that problem. And that was a really hard situation whenever I finally made enough to where all of a sudden we got a letter from – uh, from the food stamp office saying, dude, y'all make too much money. you're not getting no more. Oh, crud. What do you do now? And all of a sudden, it's instead of having, you know, lots of, uh, lots of hamburger meat and, and, uh, and chicken in the refrigerator, we had hot dogs and, you know, a lot of, a lot of inexpensive stuff where you're all of a sudden fell back onto, you know, didn't have didn't didn't fall back as far as where we were having hamburger helper, but you know we instead of getting Del Monte, uh, uh green beans, we were looking for the great value green beans. We were looking for the uh, for the generic brands. These all, I mean, we're, it's a scary deal, but I, at the same time, you when you face those problems and you're actually willing to take that problem on and take responsibility for that situation that you're in, knowing what the, what the goal is going to be, you can actually face that a lot more. So you actually are able to grow. And like I said before, victims can't grow because they're rejecting all that responsibility, rejecting all that, that uh, uh, gratitude and abundance that they actually have. And instead they're turning around and throwing a fit uh, about what they don't have. You hear people complain about, you know, complain about all sorts of stuff. You know, they don't have enough money for this or that and they can't afford their kids, uh, their kids' clothes. But yet, if you go into the, uh, into their house, there's a good chance you'd probably find, you know, at the very minimum, a 50 inch television. And somebody's probably got a couple of very recent smartphones in their hands, maybe even a, uh, even a tablet or two it's not that they didn't have the money. They had the money. They just wanted to spend their money on something that they wanted instead of what they needed. People do that. We do that. Uh, Like I said, we always have plenty of money for everything we truly want, not truly need, but what we truly want. So, Because when we have that ability and we see something and we really want that, that new item or that bigger television or whatever, we're going to find a way to scrape that money together. Whenever smokers are, especially broke people who are smokers, they can come up with yes, with cigarette money every time. They may not get paid for another week and a half, but by gosh, they're going to find they're going to scrape enough chains together to be able to go grab a pack of cigarettes. And so, you they have enough to 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 get what they truly want, but they won't. But victims won't grow. It's not that they can't, but they won't. And that's because again, to be able to grow, you have to have an abundant mindset. You have to be able to look at something and see what resources are actually around you. Look around you and be able to see that. You also want to be, you also have to be able to accept the times that you failed and failing is, there's nothing wrong with failing because you're going to be learning from it. Failing is uncomfortable. It's horrible. It's terrible. And you know, you're, there's times you're going to want to scream and yell and cuss about it. And okay. Good. You, you're you're feeling that aggravation of not being able to make it, but at least from there you can actually pick those pieces up, see where the plan went wrong, make the adje- needed change, and go again. You can take that action to correct the whatever the failure was. A victim will just throw their hands up and say, "Well, I can't do this," and and just cry about it. Victims won't won't grow. While a person who is not who's taking responsibility for their actions will grow every time. So with that, guys, I want to thank you very much for listening. I appreciate the uh, time you took to uh, to hear my uh, little spiel about uh, about victims and their perceived virtues that uh, are actually to their detriment. If you like the show, I appreci- uh, appreciate it. If you shared it out to uh, to your social media groups, if you happen to think of somebody who this this message would really ring with, send that to them in a, in a message. There's uh, most of our podcatchers have some type uh, podcast players have some type of share button. Share that out. If you want to share it with a particular timestamp, okay, do I, whatever. I would just like for you as many people to be able to to get the information they need to be able to uh to start growing stop giving give up the victim mindset and become the uh become the 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 man that they need to be that their families need to be and if you are tired of being a victim and you want to become uh, a man who lives their life on their terms and is the man their wife needs uh, and uh, the type of man that your, their wife looks to and is turned on by and, and and wants to be able to have more sex and and have uh, a a complete and full life, get a hold of me. You can go to uh, relaxedmail.com/ forward slash um, uh, work with me, or work with Brian, actually and um, or at the top you'll see work with Brian you click there or you can actually also join our our men's group Brotherhood of Men this is a, a exclusive men's group that helps men to be able to, to be able to become a, a greater man to be able to embrace their masculinity by having just nothing but guys there who are there to support you and to make sure that you become the best man possible so that with that guys thank you all very much for listening we'll talk to you all next week Bye.